Hello everyone, and welcome to Downsizing, the podcast where we try and figure out when The Office actually ended, because everyone would have been fired. My name is Curtis, and I'll be your host, and with me is my co-host and resident office expert, Antoinette. Hi everyone. Today we will be discussing Season 3, Episode 6, Diwali. In this episode, the Scranton office gets ready for a party, the Employees of the Stamford office work overtime, and Michael takes a big step in his relationship. The cold open of this episode shows Kelly kind of preparing Ryan for Diwali in that she is fitting him in a kirka, which is a traditional Indian garb. And Michael comes out and can't help from laughing at him and basically saying that Brian's wearing a dress. Yeah, he's making fun of Ryan, not knowing what he's doing or saying, really. But I'd like to note that I'm a little surprised that Ryan is willing to wear the kirka, willing to come to the Diwali celebration, and willing to be around Kelly's family. He's not into having a serious relationship with Kelly, and these all seem like kind of serious relationship steps. That's a good point. And it's, I mean, it's almost like Ryan thinks that Kelly is literally the only woman in Scranton. Like, he is clearly in it just to hook up with her. But, you know, if if it came to something like this, and he's just like, nah, I'm good... That's not what this is. And Kelly's just like, okay, well then that's it for us. Right. Ryan could just move on to the next woman, but that clearly is not his thing. And as, as we will see in later seasons, Kelly and Ryan have a very toxic relationship. And I feel like this is just the start of that. For sure. So Michael further explains to the camera in this cold open a little bit about Diwali, but... Really, he's not saying anything. He's actually kind of making fun of Kelly and how Kelly talks and explains things. And he really still doesn't know what Diwali is. But by the end of the cold open, he's also a little uh, perturbed at how much attention that Ryan is getting from Kelly and Pam for his Kirka. Right. Once she is done fitting Ryan for the Kirka... She just tells him how handsome he looks, and Pam agrees with that. And Mm -hmm. that, like, kind of triggers something in Michael. And he's just like, oh, I want that. Like, I I want to hear that. So, yeah, he asks Kelly, he's like, why didn't you get me one? It's just an awkward question. Super awkward, considering that's her boss, and Ryan is her kind of boyfriend or whatever he is. In the main portion of the episode... The employees are kind of readying themselves for this party. They're figuring out carpools, and Michael takes it upon himself, sort of, to introduce the office to Indian culture. Yes, Michael is worried that his employees are just ignorant of other cultures. Not him, his employees. Right. So he decides he's going to hold a conference room seminar uh, introducing everyone to Indian culture and Diwali, 
What's funny is Michael knows nothing about those things and really has Kelly run the seminar. Kelly herself doesn't know a ton about the origins of Diwali or the different gods. Uh, Michael has decided to print out uh, different pictures of Indian gods and put them all around. I should say Hindu gods. Right. Put them all around the conference room for this seminar. Side note, this conference room meeting is shot a little bit differently than we typically see for conference room meetings. So everyone's sitting in the chairs, but we normally as the audience are seeing the the meeting unfold from the vantage point of the windows. But this episode was shot from the vantage point of the door into the conference room. So it's just a little bit of a different viewpoint of where everyone's sitting. So a lot of times, if the viewpoint is from the office windows in that conference room, people are sitting along the window and the door, the conference room window and the door, not the window to the outside, whereas it's sort of flipped because of where the camera's at. And I just think that's interesting because I, I can't think of another comment room meeting that's shot like that. Yeah. The person that actually knows the most about Diwali is surprisingly Dwight. Maybe he is just very knowledgeable about Indian culture or he just knows a lot about it or appreciates it, but he knows all about the origins and is explaining it to the office and how it's really this sort of festival of good versus evil because it's a festival of light. And Michael interrupts him and says that he's getting too far into, like, Lord of the Rings sort of territory. Yeah, I think Dwight is mostly interested in, like, the mythology side of it. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. That kind of fits with other things that he's interested in, like Battlestar Galactica and Lord of the Rings. So at this point, Michael takes over the seminar, and it is your typical Michael-led seminar in that it is just very surface-level things. He has a slideshow of famous Indians, and one of the slides is a famous, I think it's a physicist, that's a Nobel Nobel Prize winning physicist, and the next one is Apu from The Simptons, and then the next one is M. Night Shyamalan. So just kind of like the very, like, it's, I don't know how he would have gone off the rails that quickly to where he started really well and then now he's just oh then uh yeah these two other people right michael's main focus of this seminar seems to be one aspect of indian culture that he is very interested in and that's the kama sutra and he has handed out books (laughs) to the employees and they are looking through them in this conference that very obviously is a firing yes It's baffling how Michael does not see that this isn't appreciation of Indian culture. It's just something that's inappropriate in the workplace. For sure. Angela starts to complain. She says, kind of, and condescendingly, she says that Kelly can do whatever she wants in her own home, but Michael doesn't have to subject everyone to it. And then Toby, I guess, sort of wakes up from whatever slumber he's been in for the entirety of season three and says, yeah, actually, she's right. This isn't appropriate. And then he collects everyone's booklet and Michael gets upset that Toby's killing his fun. 
It is at this moment and during the slideshow where Michael kind of gives us an update on his relationship with Carol. He, in his slideshow showing famous Indians, he accidentally includes a picture of him and Carol kissing and just plays a, oh, how'd that get in there? And then he like leaves it up and is waiting for everyone's reaction, like somebody to ask him, you know, right. how are things going with that or whatever, or really just showing off, hey, I have a girlfriend and we kiss sometimes. <laughs> and when Toby takes away the Kama Sutra books, Michael is complaining that it's, you know, it's just sex, it's a very natural thing, and it's a thing that I do with Carol, and we'll probably be doing that tonight. Yeah, Michael really, really wants everyone to know that he's having sex with Carol. And I don't know if it's just a matter of single for a long time, he doesn't actually do well with women, all of the above. He just has to get validation from people for every aspect of his life. As we've discussed before, Michael just needs and seeks out everyone's approval. Right. Michael brings Carol along with him to the Diwali celebration, and they are both immediately very out of place because... In keeping with his thought that Diwali is Hindu Halloween, he shows up in with his paper mache second head that we saw in the Halloween episode before, mm -hmm. and Carol shows up as a cheerleader. And Carol's like, "What? What's going on? I thought you said this was a costume party." And Michael takes the traditional outfits that the participants of the Diwali celebration are wearing as costumes. Right. They're just wearing saris and kirkas, and Carol is just so embarrassed. So the irony is, Michael was feeling that his employees didn't have an appreciation or an understanding of other cultures, but really that applies to Michael. For sure. And I, I don't understand why, like, I don't know where this celebration took place i assume it's somewhere in scranton it's... i know that scranton is not that large of a city so why they didn't like leave and go change and then come back right. is kind of uh, astounding to me it's supposed to be at like a local school and yeah, so like it's a just community like, center looking yeah, place it's yeah like a, just an indian uh, community gathering What's interesting to me is that Dwight shows up in a kirka and it looks like he looks very comfortable and like he's worn it before. For sure. So that's what I mean of him having some sort of appreciation or understanding of Indian culture. The rest of the Scranton employees are a bit hesitant. I'm not sure why Kelly invited them, quite frankly, didn't seem like anyone else invited other people from non-Indian descent. But people are there and they're willing to participate and they're excited by the food, which looked absolutely delicious, by the way. Angela is the outlier, though. Yeah, she isn't thrilled about having to take her shoes off. She basically just complains about the food and really is just very dismissive of the entire thing 
throughout this whole episode. Yeah, she was in the conference room meeting. She doesn't like that there's many gods in the Hindu religion. She is really dismissive of the food. She's dismissive of the music, of the dancing. She's worried someone's going to steal their shoes. She just is not going to have a good time. Her and Dwight are also super awkward in this episode. As he walks in, he sees her getting food from the food table. They look at each other, look away, and then Dwight instantly like walks away quickly. So they're still not very comfortable out in public. In the lead up to going to the celebration, Pam was very hesitant on going. And like they don't really make it that clear why she is just kind of meh. Like, she just says she's tired, and that's it. She doesn't have anyone to go with. Yeah. I I think that's the biggest thing. She's used to having a boyfriend or used to having at least Roy to go to these things with and at least not show up alone, and that's why she's hesitating. Right, but it's basically, it's just Michael and Carol and Ryan and Kelly that are going together. It's not like everybody else has brought their significant others. Like, she is not the only one that does not have a date there. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I just feel like the way she's playing it off and the fact that she said to the camera that she just doesn't have anyone to go with, or she says that to Kelly, I'm sorry, that she doesn't have anyone to go with, that she's just feeling that awkwardness of being single. And not and not being used to having to interact with just other people, including her coworkers. Sure. But she does end up going, and she does seem like she is enjoying herself. She is out dancing, and she is talking to some non-employees. She is actually talking to the man that Kelly's parents want to set her up with. Yeah. So Kelly's parents are using this opportunity to get to know Ryan a little bit. They're not impressed by Ryan, and they would rather Kelly date this nice Indian doctor that they probably have met through the community, but Pam sort of takes a shine to this doctor. They're just dancing, talking a little bit, and Pam sort of realizes that, like that she's kind of enjoying herself and gets a little weird about it and doesn't seem to pursue that. Yeah, she just kind of leaves a conversation very abruptly. Yes. Kelly looks like she's one of maybe four or five daughters and her sisters are making fun of Ryan to his face in an Indian dialect. I'm not uh, well versed enough in the different languages of India to know what that was. Ryan is not really phased by Kelly's parents, should we say. Yeah, it's hard to tell if he is doing this on purpose. Yeah. Or if he is just you know, doesn't just doesn't care. If it's like a purposeful sabotage, so they'll push her away from him yeah or if he's like nope this is me (laughs) take it or leave it i think he is trying to show that he is not marriage material to kelly's parents so they won't be you know trying to push 
right. Kelly towards being with him. Yeah. Because they want to know about his job and they're worried because he was a temporary worker, but he tells them that he got a promotion and it comes with a pay raise. So Kelly's mom says, oh, so you can save up for a family and a home? And Ryan says, uh, actually, no. So I can travel and get an Xbox. And Kelly's dad asked if he came to the celebration tonight so that he could ask them anything. And it's just this very uncomfortable silence because he has absolutely no intention of asking for Kelly's hand in marriage. Michael does take the time to sit and talk with Kelly's parents and just kind of gets to know them and, and their relationship. And he learns that they have been together for 30 years and that they had only met once before they got married. So this seems to be a traditional arranged marriage, mm -hmm. which is very common in the Indian culture. Mm -hmm. And this... Learning this kind of inspires Michael. He is there with Carol, and things seem to be going well for them. And he takes the opportunity to kind of interrupt what's going on at the celebration, and he gets on the microphone, and he talks about how he learned a lot about Indian culture, but he learned more about love that night. <laughs> and so he proposes to Carol right then and there. Yes. Very uncomfortable moment. She is clearly not expecting it. They probably had zero conversations that would give any indication to either of them that marriage was on the table for them at this point. Michael is up there, nothing but a hopeless romantic, thinking that she's just going to be so swept off her feet and so overcome by the moment that she'll just say yes and run up to him. But she says, can we discuss this in private? And then kind of runs out the door. Yes. And Michael is trying his best to kind of salvage things. He still isn't, he doesn't seem to get the fact that Carol has turned him down at this point. And that now that they have gotten to this point to where he has asked her to marry him and she has said no, you can't really go back from that. Like there is no way that they will, they can continue dating. So this seems to be the end of their relationship. And Carol seems to recognize that. She says they've only been out on nine dates and that he should find his own way home. And they're... There's kind of this weird analysis of their relationship that happens in this episode. So there is a moment when they are all sitting down and eating that Michael takes a bite of a samosa and he's just like, oh, this is terrible. This is just the worst s'more I've ever had. And yeah. she's like, no, those are samosas not s'mores right and he's like do you think they have some over there and it's just kind of this she has this look on her face like how are you this dumb yeah and i also wonder if she's thinking i already have two children i'm not looking for another right but there is a moment later in the episode where michael is out on the dance floor he's um, taking part in what looks to be like kind of like a Bollywood style dance. Mm -hmm. 
and she has this endearing look on her face that you know he is able to kind of let himself be in the moment and not really like he just lets himself go and he enjoys himself and he has fun yeah there's definitely two sides of michael and i think carol is recognizing that there's this sweet funny goofy guy that's good with kids and then there's also this kind of dorky idiotic side right that will propose to his girlfriend after nine dates in public yeah and so as carol is leaving michael makes one last ditch effort to have some sort of relationship with carol he says that carol says that you can find your own way home and michael says you know what maybe i should come with you i have this book called the kama sutra and carol's just like yeah i gotta go and that's it that is the end of their relationship yeah i i don't think we see carol again after that i think that is it at least in this season yeah there's she makes one or two more appearances throughout the throughout the rest of the show just kind of in random moments yeah pam takes herself out of the celebration just to kind of get some air maybe and this is where this is where things were more confusing for me just in terms of her what she is thinking because like you said she is having this nice conversation with the doctor and the topic gets to michael to how he proposed and the guy asks is like he's always like that i think what's happening for pam is this that sort of triggered this realization for pam that she was looking to have this sort of like oh my god can you believe this conversation with someone and the person she would normally have that conversation with is jim so she leaves the uh the main auditorium where the diwali celebration is at goes out to the hallway angela is standing there watching everyone's shoes and pam is texting and it turns out she's texting jim probably something along the lines of like oh my gosh you'll never believe this thing and pam probably has a comfort level of doing so because her and jim just had that long phone conversation at the end of last episode so they sort of have at least thawed the ice that was present in their relationship and I think Pam's just missing him. She's missing some sort of connection, um, be it romantic and friendship. And that leads her to go outside where Michael is sitting on the steps. And she keeps looking at her phone. And Michael, in his glib way of how he interacts with his employees, says, Oh, Pam, I know what it's like to be you, to be a victim of a broken engagement. And Pam says, you weren't ever engaged, though. And Michael really misreads the moment between them. And I don't know if Pam was, like, seeking some sort of comfort from him, trying to comfort him. It's sort of a weird, a weird moment. But Michael thinks it's turning romantic and thinks that they're going to kiss. Yeah, I agree with you that there's really no reason for Pam to go out and talk to Michael here. Yeah. And... So, yes, it just turns weird very quickly, and Michael tries to kiss Pam, and Pam is like, what are you doing? That's not what's going on here. And Michael 
has the nerve to ask Pam for a ride home. And Pam does oblige, but she says that he has to sit in the back seat. Yeah. And things just keep getting bad because Michael says something along the lines of, it feels like he's in taxi cab confessions. And Pam threatens to kick him out of the car, pretty much. Yeah. Jim never answers Pam's text. And the reason for that is that he is passed out on his desk at the Stanford branch. So the Stanford employees have to work late once every quarter for sales form consolidations, which who knows what that means, but it does sound pretty dull. Jim has started to bike to work because he's inspired by Josh, his boss, uh, and Jim says it's saves the environment, it keeps him in shape, he doesn't live as far as Josh does, but it does make him awfully sweaty for work. And it is here that we get another one of those kind of interactions between Jim and Karen that kind of pushes forward that narrative of them, you know, getting towards a relationship. Yeah. So Josh leaves, tells everybody, you know, to enjoy their night, leave, leaves the corporate credit card so they can get dinner and hold on why does he leave it with karen if jim is supposed to be some sort of manager or deputy manager or something i don't know maybe i was i would say i was gonna say like maybe karen's like part of like finance or something like that but she's sales yeah i don't know i just thought that was weird it is weird and so they get into doing their work and andy breaks out a bottle of Jägermeister and some shot glasses. Yeah. So whenever Andy calls for it, they all do a shot, except for Karen. Yes. As their desks are set up to where Jim is facing Andy's back and Karen is facing Jim's back, no one can see Karen not doing these shots. Mm -hmm. So she just dumps her shot into the trash can. Smart girl. Yeah. And so... As the night progresses, Andy and Jim get a little intoxicated, and Jim passes out at one point. Andy starts singing show tunes, (laughs) and that's what kind of revives Jim, and he joins along in singing them, much to the chagrin of Karen. Yes. Andy's not driving home that night. Jim had asked him to give him a ride home. How Jim thought Andy was going to drive... I don't know. Andy has brought a roomy twin air mattress and invites Jim to just, you know, bunk with him if he wants. Jim tries to ride his bike home, doesn't get very far, falls into the bushes, and Karen rescues him and uh, puts his bike in the back and gives Jim a ride home. Turns out he also rides in the back seat. So at the same time that Pam is giving Michael a ride home, Karen is giving intoxicated Jim a ride back to his place. And she does admonish him not to throw up on anything in the back. And again, this is just another one of those instances where they are pushing forward Jim and Karen's relationship. Karen is very amused by the situation. She's not like annoyed annoyed. by it at all. Yes, she just laughs at Jim and pretty graciously gives him a ride home. What's hilarious is that earlier in the episode, earlier in the day, 
Andy told Jim that Andy and Karen have such a Sam and Diane sort of relationship, which we never get that impression. No. As we will learn, Andy is just another person in the office orbit who is not that great with women and not good at reading signals at all. For sure. He definitely is one that thinks he has a chance with every single woman. Yeah. And when in reality, he has about zero chance with all of those women. There is a season seven quote from Andy in which he says, not many women can resist a man singing show tunes. Actually, not that many men can resist a man (laughs) singing show tunes. So he just thinks that him being an acapella singer is just this really compelling thing for women. So minus the Diwali-themed song that Michael sings at the very end of the episode, this is pretty much where the episode ends. Yeah. So let's go to the annex with Antoinette and let's find out any fun facts about this episode. There's several good fun facts for this one. So this episode was written by Mindy Kaling, who plays Kelly, and they were inspired to do it after Mindy and a staffer on the My Name is Earl crew threw a Diwali party for the staff of those two shows. So not any of the actors, I believe, but just the writers and producers. This episode is in place of the Halloween episode for this season because Diwali and Halloween fall pretty close together on the calendar. It is actually the first American sitcom to depict Diwali, and this episode does receive quite a bit of acclaim for showing that and just showing Indian dance, Indian music, and Indian celebration, and really showing that to your typical American. Um, It kind of shows up in a lot of different places when you're talking about the first time things are done on television. Yeah, I for sure did not know Diwali was a thing before seeing this episode. I did not either. I have been to a Diwali celebration when I was in law school just because we tried to be inclusive of a lot of different holidays and events and it was really fun but it definitely was not this type of celebration that's depicted just simply there weren't that many Indian students. The Diwali scenes were filmed at a LA high school and it was the same high school where Freaks and Geeks was actually filmed at. And lastly, Kelly's parents are played by Mindy Kaling's parents. Um, So which funny because Aziz Ansari does that in his show, Master of None. Mindy's parents don't really have any acting experience, but she said they really didn't have any fear of doing the scenes with Steve Carell. So I think that's fun. Yeah, they did seem pretty natural at it like I would not have guessed that those were her actual parents and that they you know had no acting experience yeah I would not have either so that's all for the annex so we do have some firings this episode yes as we stated earlier Michael gets fired for introducing the Kama Sutra in a workplace setting this is his third firing this season and his 16th overall and Kevin also gets fired for a comment that he makes during the Introduction to Indian Culture seminar. As in typical Michael fashion, he has hung up pictures that he found on the internet all around the conference room during this seminar. And Angela points one out that one is topless, Mm -hmm. essentially. And Kevin makes the 
comment of that it looks like Pam from the neck down. Very clearly sexual harassment. Yes, and someone responds, Pam wishes, which I think was Dwight, but I can't be sure because the camera had panned over to Pam, who was just kind of in disbelief at these comments. Right. So Kevin gets fired as well. It's his second firing this season. It is his second firing overall. I think second for sexual harassment, too. Yeah, that's pretty much where we're going to get the most (laughs) Kevin firings from. I'm sure we will get some from being just grossly incompetent at his job (laughs) later. Curtis, do you have a Dundee to give out? I do. Uh, The biggest bummer goes to Angela, who is just over the top (laughs) Angela in this episode. Some of it is pretty harmless. Like her just like going through the food line and just like, is there anything that doesn't have meat in it? And the guy's like, none of this has meat in it. And she's like, I'm just going to have some bread. (laughs) And, but others is kind of borderline. And it's, it's a lot of her comments in this episode have a tinge of judgment behind them. Yeah. It's a lot of xenophobia in that. Yes. In that this is a celebration of, a culture and a religion that she does not adhere to. And so it is kind of like a you know, blasphemous type judgment where she's just like, mm, you guys really aren't like, this isn't really mm-hmm. real. Yeah. So yeah, Angela just is not fun at all in this episode. No. <laughs> what about you? Do you have a Dundee to give out? Yes. Uh, I have my Dundee is for the worst alternate plan. So when Pam was uncertain if she would attend the Diwali celebration with everybody, Meredith says, oh, do you want to come over and make apple teenies and watch Sex in the City with me? And I think that sounds worse than going out with your coworkers. And Pam was like, oh, uh, I haven't really decided yet. Which I think I, one, just cannot imagine... We'll see Meredith's house later on um, in some later seasons. I cannot imagine Pam ever going there. For sure. Who is your employee of the month? I picked Toby for finally waking up and doing his job. What about you? Uh, I picked Karen for being smart enough to not take shots of Jaeger while she is working. Yeah, at least three. had to be more. They were pretty sloshed. Right, which... On a side note, how nobody figured that out, that she wasn't taking shots when she was just, like, ready to go. And she's like, okay, I'm good to go. Like, every, you know, I'll see you guys guys tomorrow. (laughs) And nobody stopped her and be like, um, are you not? Yeah, are you you good to drive? Yeah. Yeah, so, um, and then Jim later goes, you can really hold your liquor. And she's, like, again, no has zero effects showing from drinking any alcohol. Yeah, so. not a great looking out by other people. Um, normally when people drink together, there's sort of a, you good to drive, you okay sort of thing, but no one seems concerned by that. So that does it for this week's episode. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at DownsizingPod to get all the latest updates and continue listening to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening. Be sure to rate and subscribe to us wherever you can to keep getting our name out there. And we thank you guys for listening, and we will see you guys next time. Bye.
Bye. Do a festival of light. Let me tell you something. Tonight has been one crazy night. So put on your saris. It's time to celebrate Diwali. Everybody looks so jolly. But it's not Christmas, it's Diwali. The goddess of destruction, Kali, stopped by for